Today is Wednesday, July 5th, and you are listening to Infinity Rewatch. I am a scroll impersonating Andrew Fantasia. What's up, everybody? And I'm a super scroll impersonating Ryan J. Whitehead. What kind of super things can you do? Uh, you know, like the predictable Fantastic Four power. <laughs> I can, uh, I can, you know, summon heat and fire and stretch my limbs out really long, like, and uh, go invisible, and then make a make a formation of rocks around my arms. You know, that is a good thought experiment. Like, if you could super scroll yourself with four different Marvel characters, who would you choose? That's that's a tough one, man. Mm-hmm. Um, feel like. I'd want like obviously like the super soldier stuff, so like Captain America's kind of thing. Uh, then the the healing of Wolverine would also be a nice nice touch there, with the sprinkling a little bit of teleportation there and a bit of Magneto's power. And I think I'd be pretty happy. Ooh, with that. Magneto! Mm. I think I like your. I'm three for three with you so far with like Captain America, Wolverine, and Nightcrawler, right? The teleporting. Yeah. Um, I, I always thought it would be a cop-out to say this, but I, I feel like I would pick Doctor Strange because there's so much he can do. You know uh, what I mean? Okay. But I feel like the super scrollage of it all in terms of this experiment is like, you can't really recreate magic, right? It's got to be <laughs> science. It's got to be wibbly-wobbly science. So I think I would, I would... I'll take your Wolverine. I'll take your cap. I'll take your teleporting Nightcrawler. And I will... I feel like the, the magnesis thing would end up injuring me accidentally way too often. So I'm going to get rid of that. And I'm going to toss in the mystique shapeshifting. Ooh, yeah. that's pretty good. It's pretty good. I mean, yeah, the shape, we were just talking about that. Shapeshifting would be pretty fun, but you have to be really careful in today's world. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like you have to be extremely careful. And like, like I said before the stream started is like, essentially you have to get someone who's rich, but you can't, they can't be famous because they can't, you can't draw too much attention to yourself. So yeah, it's, it's a tricky, it's a tricky thing to play. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm even like, I don't know how much effort it requires for somebody like Mystique to hold a shape, mm-hmm. but like, if you wanted to make yourself slightly taller or slightly shorter or skinnier or fatter or more muscular or less muscular, like you could really play with that, like the subtleties of changing shape. Like, ooh, I'm gonna go over there and talk to that pretty lady I see over there, but looks like she's only into gym dudes. So let me see what happens if I, (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. Maybe one day. One day we'll have Maybe them. Maybe one day. <laughs> one day we will have them and we will only use them for good. Mm-hmm. Wink. Wink, wink. Of course. Absolutely. We are scrolls after all. <laughs> what was the hardest part of impersonating a human being for you? Uh, picking up there, actually, which will tie into our, uh, uh, which will tie into our episode. Picking up on the little nuances of the person is, is the trickiest mm. part, right? Um, because like you need to make sure that you play the role right because if you don't then it obviously gives you away right that's right you don't know all the little details it's like that scene in mission impossible where simon Pegg is going to walk through the 
the camera room, but they're like, oh, those cameras know every detail of this way that this guy walks. So if you're not on point, they're, they're not letting you in. Uh, for me, it's been very hard um, getting the accent down because I have the scroll accent, you know. We scrolls all talk like this. This is our <laughs> scroll on the planet scroll. This is how we sound. So I have to really lose that to get into the human thing. Uh, and people have told me, they're like, hey, are you from scroll? Yeah. I can hear are it. Are you from scrollos? Have you been? Uh... <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it, it, it's funny. It seems like all scrolls have British accents. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. They all went full British. Um, maybe we'll see an American one hiding in there somewhere. Because yeah. otherwise, they're not doing their jobs. They should be better at doing accents. There's a million scrolls in the world. They all just decide to, you know, go live in Britain. Let's <laughs> all sound like this thing. Yeah, yeah. It boy, like this I see, I see it right there. Imagine if we got Michael Caine to come in and just play a scroll. Oh, that would be so good. Like if if my makeup applied. Four hours early, I got in my trailer. They put the green ears on me, but they said it's for a Marvel picture. I said, I thought I came here to play Alfred. I mean, <laughs> you do all those bloody push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it's it's an interesting choice. But, uh, but, but yeah, it's definitely the mannerisms, picking up on mannerisms or, you know, how that person responds to other people is, is a real tricky, uh, tricky thing. Got to do your research. That's why it's so much easier to just change into a filing cabinet. Like, yeah, <laughs> the work is done for you. Yeah, changing into a fi filing cabinet would be a smart move. Do you think we'll see that on the show at some point? Just as like a little little nod somebody is going to turn into a filing cabinet i don't know because it's kind of too on the nose for like it kind of plays along my my uh my anger towards the why is the rum gone joke you know what i mean because like, <laughs> like cause like here's the thing if he does it then it's just like it's just gonna be a ha-ho moment where it's like ha, he did it you know what i mean it's just like oh great you know that's cute thanks for thanks for referencing that but if they make another joke about it, like, hey, why don't you turn it into a filing cabinet? And it's like, you know, it could be funny, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know. This could be a running, like, you know, why is the room gone joke? Yeah, you don't want to bleed this dry. Like, I'm thinking something along the lines of, like, Talos is infiltrating somewhere, and he's like, oh, I got to mm -hmm. I gotta go get some file or whatever. I got to go do something. And then he hears somebody coming, and he's like, oh, crap. Like, what am I going to do? I can't hide. So you see like Gravik walk in the office and he's like, what's going on? And there's nobody in there. And then he leaves. And then we just see the empty office and we see the filing cabinet turn into Talos. And he's like, okay. And then he goes back to what he was doing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's, I, I don't know. Like Talos seems to have some funny little annoyances. That's, that's really kind of fun to poke at. Like his uh, his 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 lack of understanding about the relationship between um, people and dogs. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. So there, the humor of Talos is evolving, which I really enjoy, uh, and I I like it. I like that he doesn't seem to understand, like again, the relationship between a human and and a dog. Like nobody uh, on Scrollos has pets. I guess that's a cool. It's something you never think about when you see aliens. They, they they don't live the same way we do. They got their own stuff going on. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, like, why why don't squirrels have pets? You know what I mean? Like, is it, it shape shifting? Is is <laughs> I don't know. 
Actually, one one thing I will say actually that I thought Young Justice did really well on is um is that uh the Martian Manhunter and the Martians, because of their shape-shifting ability, they used to play tricks on each other by pretending to be other people. And it was mm. constant like prank thing. But I, what I liked is they established uh, they literally use that to establish a culture, which I thought was really neat. And then, and then, um, uh, Miss Martian was pretending to be somebody else, and that person got really offended. And it's like, and then Martian Manhunter tried to explain that, like, oh, in our culture, you know, it's a, it's a game, and and it's like, well, in this world, it's not, it can't be a game because. You could do some bad. You could do some serious damage. Yeah, so I, I like when I like when writing is done that way because it really helps establish like what norms there are for that particular race and versus like the way we do things. Yeah, that's. I don't remember. I haven't seen Young Justice all of it anyway. I've seen like parts of it. Ooh. I know what I've seen was great, um, but that's something I missed. I missed that part of it, and that's like. That's so true. The the Martians and the Skrulls, their prank game must be on point. And in their culture, April 1st is the one day a year where they don't play tricks. Yeah. They're just like, all right, that's, guys, we, that's we exactly talk. it, right? <laughs> that's exactly it. Is like, and that's that's something I love in science fiction writing is when they when they really establish like what a culture does differently than what you do. And then that kind of helps you understand the way they they what it helps you understand their norms and mm -hmm. and trying to find the middle ground right like you know don't do this because you offend them like it's it's such a cool way to do you know kind of classic culture shock experiences that even we go through right like going to a different culture you know um you know telling someone or like you know uh, telling someone to bow or bowing in front of them, you know, maybe, right. maybe it's something they do, but it's not something you do with them. You know what I mean? Like it could be very insulting. So you got to be careful how you do it. Um, another favorite one I have, and this one will be a quick example too, is if you've seen Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse, which is a phenomenal movie. Wasn't um, it great? Oh, it's a phenomenal movie. Oh my <laughs> God. I, you know, it's funny. I, 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 every MCU movie, I like go see pre-screening. And Spider-Man, normally I would go see pre-screening, but of course, when it's Sony Spider-Man, now nowadays I'm having little debates. Mm. <laughs> uh, but Spider-Verse, across the Spider-Verse and uh, uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, like those are phenomenal movies, uh, perfect movies, in my opinion, uh, in terms of superhero stuff. But one of my favorite points is, and it's like, it's blowing up all over YouTube, is, uh, is the scene where they go to uh, India and they meet uh, they meet that Spider-Man from that universe, and they talk about how chai tea, and he's like, "Oh, I love chai tea," and he's like, "What did you just say? <laughs> you basically <laughs> called it TT." <laughs> but I love that it's like a perfect like it's a perfect culture shock moment. It's, yeah, and like I even I even said it. I think I even said it with you when we had the board game night. Is like I love non bread, and it's just like. <laughs> It's the same thing. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 really funny. Um, but yeah, it's it's but that's good science fiction writing is to help you establish help the help the viewer establish what their norms are. So you so the character not only does the character go through understanding culture, but you, the person, goes through understanding culture. And that's exactly. a really great, powerful writing tool. I don't know if I I guess the, the answer to this question is I've just been single too long, but 
Man, Miles Morales' his mom. Woo. <laughs> she may be animated, but in that theater, I was like, is it hot in here or is it just her? <laughs> she is very beautiful. Indeed. I, I would say very hot. Yeah, she's a hot mom. Mm. Yeah, no, it would be uh, it would be an awkward encounter if I met her. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd be like, look, I know you're happily married and he's a cop, but... Uh... I'm just saying. Just saying. Just you, know, you know, you need someone to talk to. This guy, this guy. <laughs> oh boy! But until then, we can only watch Secret Invasion and mm. hope and dream. So, that... so this episode is interesting because this is clearly not the mid-season episode stakes I was hoping for. It's not the the mid-season stakes, but I will say piggybacking off something we talked about last time in that this show really doesn't feel like a Disney plus show. It feels like a movie that's been chopped up. I was going into this expecting it to be my least favorite because it's the third episode and that's kind of when momentum dies, but it ended up being my most favorite. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I don't know. I can't really mathematically pinpoint why that is, but there's just a lot of little things in here that I was just on a roll and I'm like, okay, cool, fun. By the time we got to the end, I was like, great, let's let's keep it going. So that's where I am. You feel different? Uh, I'm indifferent. I'm indifferent on this one because again, it's it's good. It's good, but it's not the stakes I was hoping for. I think that I think everything this it's as you so eloquently said the last episode they're still setting the table. It's still, they're still setting the table and Gravik is getting more and more villainous. Um, But, uh, but in the end is this is still very much like certain pieces are being put in place and it's kind of the, it's kind of the calm before the storm. And I was kind of hoping that we would get a little more because it's only six episodes. So I'm like, I want to really get into this and get this thing going. But it looks like it's kind of the same, which which I'm getting concerned with. It's the same formula as Hawkeye, which is like the the last, the the second last episode on the latter end is going to be really like amazing, and then the last episode is just an all out, you know, brawl. Yeah, it looks like it's going that way. And we got right off the bat, we got the words "Super Scroll" said out loud. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. In a very, in the way the way he said it, the way Gravik said it, it reminded me of the lady from uh, Spider Man when she's like blah 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 blah, uh, Spider Sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they said it out loud, which was kind of a moment. Did that give you a little Marvel moment, Ryan, when he said Super Scroll? Yeah, because I like when the language is like fully, uh, fully used. Um, but uh, I like when the language is fully used. But I was worried because, like, I know that again, this is not again Super Scroll. It's not the Super Scroll we're thinking of. It's not the the Super Scroll. But right. yes, the word is used, and so it's they're they're getting there. But what I do like about it and the fact that it was dropped is like the language is there is like, yeah, we're in a comic book world. There's super scrolls. Like it's, it's helping bring the comic book world into the MCU. And I want more of that. I, 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 you know, I just want a whole smatter of that. And it's like, but still they'll sprinkle in something like that. And then it goes back to this, this kind of soap opera that we're in where it's just going back to feelings and stuff. 
but overall, <laughs> like feelings and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, we spend we spend twenty minutes about Fury having a wife in that that whole thing. But there are there actually are a lot of gems in this episode if you're paying attention. If you sleep through this, you will miss a lot. Like you will miss a lot that's going on. So first of all, yes, right out of the gate, we get the first mention of Super Scrolls, which is dope. Like I am excited because yes. that is really cool. Um, but again, my concern is is the restraint is like because they only used again. We know the four things that they use. They used the uh, Bifrost giant mammoth thingy uh and they used uh groot and they used um obsidian uh obsidian call and extremis so clearly those are the elements that they substituted from the fantastic like instead of using the fantastic four because it's all there um but but the st- the fact of the matter is, is still we, we are getting super scrolls plural which means there's more than one yes. so i'm curious to see how that's gonna play well the the super scroll thing really feels um like it's going to be it's going to be what's something marvel has done that i can't really uh properly enunciate here but they have done in the past where they have given you something that is like it feels like an early 2000s marvel movie where they're like we can't quite give you this but yeah. how about the great value version? But <laughs> what the MCU has done in the past, and I'm, I'm trying to think of an example here as I talk, um, is they would do that, but then in another movie or show, they'd be like, okay, you got the great value version. We're sorry. Here's what you really want. Um, I, a perfect example is um, Scarlet Witch's costume, right? Nobody, at least nobody I know, didn't really complain uh, about the way she looked in, let's say, Civil War, right? She had some red stuff going on there, some red and black, whatever. Um, but, you know, we get to WandaVision and they're like, here's her costume for you. Uh, all these little things like that, that uh, we maybe we are teased by them or maybe in like the case of her costume, we don't even realize we're missing them, but they give them to us in these sort of tiered servings. And I think what we're going to get in this show is the great value Super Scroll. Um, whether or not we get the actual factual version somewhere down the line remains to be seen. I think at that point, that'll be very far in the future. Yeah. Right. Um, and it might, depending on whether he survives this show, it might even be Talos at some point, you know, in like Secret Wars, where he's like, I'll go to save my friends. And then he, gives himself the Fantastic Four show up and they're like, take our blood, Mr. Talos, or whatever it is you have to do. And he's like, no, I've got all four of you. I'm a super scroll. And that's it. That's You can literally take that soundbite of me and you've got mm-hmm. Avengers Secret Wars uh, spelled out for you. You're welcome. Well, uh, <laughs> well, I like your example, but the way I would lay it out is, you know, you look at the Spider-Man cartoon in the 90s. You know, he talks about, you know, Kurt Connors talks about how, you know, he's mutating. And he's like, oh, no, like, what am I turning into? And he's like, I don't know, but it's not human. And Spider-Man's freaking out. And he's like, well, I'm going to go to an expert in mutant genetics. And we all know where that's going. And what do they do in the cartoon? They go to the X-Men. And it's like a beautiful crossover. In the movie still, though, and especially in the MCU, it seems like they'll be like, 
you know, uh, Miss Marvel, the show, they're like, oh, you could be a mutant. And then you hear like, right. But like, that's it. Like, that's all we get. That's, you know, like, oh man, it's like, uh, it's like getting a sample of a, of a really good food and like, and then knowing that you're not going to be able to ever order it because it's like too expensive. Uh, and that's, that's kind of, but that's, that's, I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining cause like, it's still a great story regardless. But my point is, is like, we're at a stage now in the MCU where you, you don't need to like carefully step around things like i under i think there may be a politics to it like oh you can't say the fantastic four because we haven't casted them yet you know like in uh wandavision they're like oh we have a rocket ship uh and but we're looking for astronauts that are like courageous enough to do it and clearly we know who it is like clearly come on like just give it to us man and this is what makes me the snappy Marvel fan, man. Is because like th- they know I'm just gonna wait. Like I'm just gonna like I see the I I see like the the fish hook with the bait, and they're just they're just leaving it in the water. And I know I'm just sitting there like ready to bite. And like but and like it's just this thing that's just lingering in front of me. And I'm I'm still like waiting to go. And like I get caught, they fish me out and throw me back in the water. But I'm gonna go back after that fish hook because again. I gotta get. I'm gonna get a payoff, <laughs> and it's gonna be epic, and that's what I want. I want more Hawkeye moments, more like a kingpin drop. Like, why haven't we seen that in every single series yet? Like, we haven't seen that. Like, ah, oh, they've been be. few and far between, especially in Phase Four. And I think, I think it must just be because Phase Four gave us so many new frontline characters already, like Shang Chi yeah. and the Eternals and everybody, and Moon Knight and Miss Marvel. So they were. I feel like they must be saving them for this phase. Uh, like the, the Fantastic Four have to be coming soon. I think it's it's literally just a matter of, of time that they are going to pop up. Mm-hmm. X-Men, I feel like we might have to wait a wee bit longer. Oh, but... yeah. You know, obviously. But like, why can't you talk about it? It doesn't matter if they're cast or not. Like, unless there's some business thing where you can't do that. But like... Well, give it... Uh, not even a year give it like 11 months 10 10 and a half months because deadpool 3 is supposed to come out in may and i feel like that's really going to open some floodgates because there's been rumors that our boy mobius shows up in that film i've heard the same rumors i've heard Mm -hmm. the same rumors um yes no i i yes give it time that's just me being that marvel fan i'm still going to go to the theaters i'm still going to pre-screen these bad boys I'm still gonna try to be the front front lines here, but like, but like, come on, man! Like, give me a little bit more. We can we can live in a little bit. Like Captain America: Civil War is a perfect example. Tell me you didn't love the fact there were such a smatter of heroes plus Spider Man dropped all in this one movie. Like, isn't that what we want? Isn't that what we want? Yeah. Um, it's and it's not that I'm getting fed up. It's just I want I want more, and they're not giving it to me. And I just I keep coming back for more because I want more. I think I think Captain America 4 will be that kind of movie. I think Thunderbolts will definitely be that kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Secret War doesn't come across as being that kind of show. So I'm I'm keeping my Secret distance Invasion. from that fish hook. You mean Secret Invasion, not Secret War. Oh yeah, sorry, Secret Invasion. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm I'm sleep deprived today. Uh, Secret Invasion does not seem like that kind of show. So I'm so true and true. It doesn't seem like that kind of show. But yeah. and it's interesting because there is still a lot of references being dropped. 
-hmm. So, you know, I talked about the emotional part with Fury meeting his wife uh, at, at, at a diner and they're dropping a lot of MCU gems here, but they're not expanding upon it. So for example, and it could be because like all this stuff is going to pay off later, but it is, it, they are really establishing the groundwork of how long the scrolls have been around for. So we jump back to 1998 and, you know, it looks like Fury because he has his eyes everywhere is because he literally has scrolls. He used scrolls everywhere. And one of which is reference is Dracoff. So we are now expanding on Black Widow's world by referencing that the Skrulls were involved in, in exposing Dracoff. That's right. I love that Dracoff reference. Mm -hmm. Which is really, which is really fascinating. And it's 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 good to see it because again, stuff like this brings new life and new approaches to pre-existing content. Yes. So this is what I want to see. And and again, but that's that's all we get. We literally get like. Oh, we got more dirt on Dracoff for you. Okay. For now. For now. We'll I know see. it could be it could be a later thing, but yeah. my point is, is like it's so dry. It's just it's nothing to work on. Yeah, I think the show will give us more of those breadcrumbs, but for now, we just I think we gotta power through it and just see what the story is they're giving us here and why I'm curious why they wanted to tell this story in the mm. MCU because it's very hard to to do that without a bunch of scroll reveals like the comics did and you can't really do a bunch of scroll reveals without undermining your characters so this was a very weird choice for them to tackle this show uh and I I can't wait to see at the end of it all why you know why it was a big enough choice for them that they said we have to make this and what it's going to mean for the MCU yeah but, that's a problem for three weeks from now us to deal with. It's true. And I want, but that's the thing I want to get there. And it's, it, I think, man, I can't really verbalize like what I'm trying to get at here of like, I'm not frustrated. I'm not complaining. It's just like, I'm at a state now where it's like, come on, like I need more to work with here. And I just, I can't verbalize it enough, but, uh, or accurately try to, I guess I'm intolerant of the, the minimalistic, content that they're giving me uh is probably the best way to describe it um but yeah so it but it is nice to know that the scrolls were in this for a long haul like they've been in this for a long time which is great like continue to show us more show us more mm -hmm. now you brought up nick fury's wife and i want to talk to you about her because yes. last week i don't know how i missed it man when i was like because you brought up that she was a scrawl and she was chopping yeah. vegetables, and I'm like, what? I didn't see. I don't know how I missed it. I was just a dumb. You dumb. fell asleep. Which is dumb. <laughs> don't fall asleep in the show. Uh, so we we see it in the recap, and I'm like, oh, Ryan is absolutely right. She's a scroll. Um, and we see Nick Fury and her hanging out, and he's making breakfast, and that breakfast looked friggin' great, by the way. He's frying up some vegetables, some tomatoes. Uh, it's, I, I'm going over to Nick's house for breakfast. Um, but they start asking the question and rather the show starts getting us, the viewers to ask the question, can we trust this lady, even though she's married, supposedly married to Nick Fury. And there were two things in this opening scene where we see him in the kitchen with his wife. There were two things that stood out to me, Ryan, where I was like, I don't trust her because of this. Um, and they were crazy small 
things, but they were they were all in the details. One of them was she is one of those people, Ryan, who organizes books on her bookshelf by the color of their spines. So I don't know if you saw, but behind Fury's shoulder, you see a bookshelf in her house, and there's a whole row of books that are just green, and then a whole row of books that are just blue. That creeps me out when people do that. Yeah. Right? Just put all your books together in in the series that they like, why why you gotta do this? The, that's that's some weird like what what's her name the one the lady who's like decorate in ways that bring you joy i forget her name uh she's like she became super famous on netflix uh but like that's some of that stuff and i'm like ooh, i don't are trust about, that are you talking about that, that uh con- condo condo marie? yes marie condo that's condo, it yeah. yeah that's some marie condo stuff and i don't trust it as far as i can throw it <laughs> and then the the second thing that i saw and this is, I'm going to apologize to you in advance here, sir, because this is something I didn't know about Hollywood until about two months ago during succession uh, when a friend of mine, my friend Nessa, she told me something about uh, something that has to do with characters' cell phones. And the reason I'm apologizing in advance to you is because once you know this, it, it kind of spoils the fun in certain things. Because now that I know it, I can't not see it. You can't unknow it. <laughs> yeah, and now it's like, oh, I wish I didn't know that. Oh so, no. Do you do you want to know this before I say? I think I think both myself and the viewers and listeners have to know this. You can't just right. like you can't just can't throw it on the table and say no, it's not for you. Yeah, that's true. That's a that's a very uh, feige fish hook thing to do. Um, so. What she told me is, because there was a, a scene in Succession um, where, you know, a big thing happened, and then I was talking about it with her online after, and she said, uh, there was a certain character, she goes, did you notice his phone? And I said, what about his phone? She said, he's the only character on this show who doesn't have an iPhone, he has an Android. And apparently, Apple has this whole stupid thing that they do, which I like Apple, like I have an Apple phone, but like when I heard this, I was like, oh man, Apple, you suck, why do you do this? But they have this whole stupid thing where they will allow you, if you're making a show or a movie, they will allow you to have your characters walking around with iPhones, but villains can't. Bad characters cannot have iPhones. Apple refuses to let that happen. So my friend pointed this out to me. She's like, XYZ, he's the only character with an Android. That's bad news. And I'm like, oh my God. And then she turned out to be right. and Nick Fury's wife had a Samsung flip phone, and they very adamantly pointed out that she had a Samsung flip phone. So I'm not saying it's aliens. <laughs> but <laughs> wait, I have an Android phone. So does that make me an evil? <laughs> oh my God, confirmed. <laughs> That's interesting. That's this. Oh wow! I'm never gonna look at any movie with it, the, the kind of a spy thing going on. <laughs> I know it. It really it bummed me out when I found out that it was a real thing. So now I hope that um, the majority of shows just have those like those fake phones that are made for Hollywood. You know, that kind of look like they could be an iPhone and could be an Android, but they're neither. Yeah. Just so that we don't have to worry about being spoiled because some stupid rule Steve Jobs wrote in his will. <laughs> Inter- that's really interesting, honestly. Um, damn. 
Yeah, I don't think I can unlearn that. That's I feel like <laughs> no, we sorry. had to, I feel like we had to know that, but that's damn. Damn. And then what should happen at the end of the episode? But Mrs. Fury makes a phone call on that flip phone to Mr. Gravic. So is it Gravic? Do you think it's Gravic? Ooh, do you think it's a shape-shifting person pretending to be Gravic? Doesn't sound like Gravic to me. Interesting. I have a, I also have a theory <clears throat> because uh, so and I, I'm noticing I'm not the only one with this theory. So the interesting kind of foreshadowing they did in this particular episode is when Fury goes to take out this uh, this UN guy who's a scroll <laughs> and Talos uh, in order to uh, Talos in order to prep him for what he's about to walk into. Talos says, oh, uh, Nick, uh, I, got, I got Bob. I'm kicking Bob's butt here. And Fury knew as a flag that, that he called him Nick. And, right. and that was his, that was his uh, thing to help people, help his close network know that no one should call him Nick. Everyone calls him Fury. And one of the details people may have missed is Rhodey calls him Nick. Get out of here. In, in episode two? Episode two, he calls him Nick. I knew it. I knew Rhodey was... That, that, there's no way that was Rhodey. He was way too harsh on him, man. So so it's kind of an interesting puzzle piece to work with in the show. It's kind of like... Um, it's kind of like... Uh, what's his name? Shyamalan. It's kind of like a Shyamalan thing where it's mm -hmm. like, you know, like the color red is like a giveaway for something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in this case, in this case, I think that big key to a lot of this is when they call him Nick. Okay, so we got to keep our eyes open, our ears open. But uh, then it goes back to your question. So, like, we ended on a big cliffhanger in our last podcast episode, uh, which, if any of you got through that epic masterpiece, um, it's it leads us to the question now, which is like, is Rhodey? Uh, a scroll or not, and if he is, when did he change to becoming a scroll? Right now, what would be cool and crazy big? Okay, this would be the best political stunt Marvel's ever pulled off. What if, what if Terrence Howard was in on the whole thing from the beginning and they paid him a good chunk of money to, to be like, Look, let's start a feud and you exit out as War Machine. And we'll put Don Cheadle in, but we're going to do this like scroll thing, like way down the road. And then, you know, you'll come back as like War Machine. Would that not, would that not be the best political stunt they've the Marvel has ever pulled off? It would be a political stunt for sure. I, I personally, that would bum me out. Like, <laughs> no. That would bum I, me out. <laughs> we spent so much time with that Colonel Rhodes and he is like, He's such a great character, and to it's think so that, provocative. I know, but I know, it's it, it takes away a lot. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I don't want to get into the the nastiness of it all, but I mean, allegedly Terrence Howard is just from what I've read, not the most liked person in Hollywood. I don't. So, so there's so, a lot of stuff going on with him. So rest assured, my friend, that is most likely not the case. Yeah. Um, yes, I know the story of, of Terrence Howard and uh, and what's going on there. So yes, it's not it's not going to happen. But 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 the question still remains: is when did the switch happen? 
Mm-hmm. If if it's if it's playing out the way it's playing out thus far, that means that means uh, War Machine is a scroll, and and then that begs the question: Is when and where did it happen? Was was in uh, Civil War? Was he a scroll? I think the best place, or at least the place that I would do it, and I know it seems small, it seems like a small window, but after Endgame, before Falcon and Winter Soldier. So when we see him in the museum talking to Falcon, that's a scroll playing some game, whatever it is that he's got going on. Um, because the scrolls are the, the evil scrolls rather not you know talos and his people but the graphic side of things their scrolls they seem like the kind of people who would benefit from making some shady deals with the power broker for example so being in that museum and possibly saying the right thing to push sam wilson into becoming captain america and doing what he does feels like it makes sense to me Okay. Okay. I agree with that. I can, I can, I can run along with that for sure. I like it. I like it. Cause it would be a huge bummer. Even just the thought of like, if that was not really Brody at Tony's funeral, that would be a bummer. That's a good point. That, that has some big, yeah, that, that's a, that's a really good point. Cause that would take away a lot from, from that gravity of, of that moment. Um, because I was going to say, what would be an interesting one too is if uh, if they swapped him during the hospital after his uh, after Civil War. Oh, right, and he's just pretending to go through rehab, and he's like, "Oh no, my legs! I'll never walk it again." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like somewhere in there, I think would be interesting, right? That, um, that could happen. That could happen. Rebels come back. But, but I agree with you in the end game part because, like, it would take away the sentiment of that scene. Like, it mm-hmm. really would. So you could be right. It's probably going to take take place post end game, and like, and but it seems like the story is kind of around that because there's a lot of talk about the blip. So if we're going to base it yeah. on facts and evidence here. The story so far seems to talk a lot about what happened to Fury after the blip. And so that is, yeah, kind of a big question. Yeah, I think that post-blip Fury thing is something that this show needs to explore because it keeps bringing it up, like you're saying. It keeps making it a thing. A lot of people, and by a lot of people, I just mean who we've heard from, so like his wife and Rhodey, they are hurt by the fact that he came back from the blip and just dipped up to the Sabre station and just stayed there. So there's something going on there. And I feel like we haven't seen the reason why he did that. And it's not outside their own possibility to think that the show will give that to us eventually, because this has been a flashback heavy show. We got a nice little nineties fury flashback here where he meets his wife at the restaurant. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe like episode five or six looks back at that and says, this is Fury coming back from the blip and what he went through and why he went and just hit up in space. Yeah. There's seen, yeah. There's a lot of questions around what drew him to Saber. 
um, mm-hmm. and like what what's going on with that. We still haven't covered that yet, and that's a lot of ground to cover. Because I mean, because so here's the thing: is like when did we first know he was in Saber? Was it was it was Spider Man No Far From Home, right? That's right. But there's nothing before that that showed him like getting ready for space or anything like that. No, um, because he dies in the snap. Mm-hmm. And then I don't think we see him on the battlefield fighting Thanos. I think the next time we see him is at Tony's funeral. Yeah. And, and then after that, it's Spider-Man. So. so there's a lot of ground to cover there. And there needs to be a big reason why he's going back into space. And obviously the show talks about him coming back from space. So, Right. So we'll get, there's more fury to be uncovered. Um, and I, I think that's going to be the big personal journey of this show. I think there's going to be some trauma there for Fury from having died and come back and all that stuff. So that's going to be fun to unpack. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, speaking of angry trauma and and unpacking things, the, uh, the scene between Talos and Gravik, that was something else. I yes. was not expecting that. I wasn't expecting them to meet up, first of all, because I'm like, whoa, they're in the same room already. Um, we we get this little tiny altercation in this big room, which seems to be the theme of the show. It's like heated altercation between two people in a big room. Um, all these scrolls hiding out in the background. Talos goes full Will Smith, and he's like, you keep my daughter's name out your in mouth! Yeah. And uh, <laughs> stabs him with the fork there. And we, I could be wrong, Ryan, but are we seeing um, sort of confirmation that Gravik has already undergone Super Scroll treatment? Because that looked like some extremist action going on when he pulled his hand out of the fork. Yeah, honestly, I was like, uh, you know, I, I obviously I think he is the first successful Super Scroll because the scientist in the the episode, the last episode we saw, she said that you don't not you do not have the DNA for it. So that proves that someone has done it before that, and they need a certain genetic match in order to be able to survive the process, um, which I'm always a big fan. I'm always a big fan of like, you know, the superhuman transformation via science of some, some form of science. Um, but yeah, so Gravik, I think Gravik is the first successful super scroll. There was parts of me trying to figure out, like, is he the Super Scroll character from the comics? And he's not. He's not that character. Uh, that character's name is Kivit. Uh, Kivit? But Kivit. It's like K apostrophe V-I-T. Hmm. So, or it could be like Kavit or like something like that. But there was a moment where I'm like, Kavit, Kravit, you know, Gravik. It could, it could kind of work if you pronounce it a certain way. And then I'm like, no, no, forget it. Uh, so, cause I, it's, I think they're kind of MCU, MCU villaining him, like taking two characters and mismatching them together. Um, uh, so yeah, I think, I think he is the first successful super scroll and I think there's slowly more coming. Uh, but it begs the question is like how long they've been doing this and how many successful candidates do they have? Right. Cause if they can... It sounded like he wanted to get that whole political council superfied. Like, hey, come take this yeah. juice we made and, and become super scrolls. So 
I think that's the plan, right? If every world leader who's also a Skrull can also stand up to an Avenger, because he, he talks about the heroes are going to try to stop us. Um, I mean, that sounds like a solid plan for world domination if I ever heard one. So Yeah, but I mean, it also opens up big conversation doors of like, how is Fury going to solve this problem? Like guns aren't, I, if they're super skulls, I don't think guns are going to really turn things around, if you know what I mean. Uh, like yeah you know i don't think I, I don't think this problem i don't know how i don't know how they're gonna solve it without superheroes and like i'm told i'm told that you know from what i've read is that they they're not gonna have a lot of superheroes in this so it's like okay so how is he gonna solve this problem you know with non-superhuman approaches like outsmart them into a room and then lock them up and that's done I have a feeling this show is going to end with uh, most of the scrolls, not Gravik, because I think Gravik is kind of mad now. He's like a mad, evil genius. But I think it's going to end with most of his army um, being turned, like Fury's like, yo, sorry, I'm going to find you a home. Like, and, and they turn away from the cause. Mm-hmm. Gravik's just going to go crazy and blow himself up or something. But there it seems like that's the simplest way to resolve this conflict without using an avenger card right diplomacy i don't know i don't know what to tell you man i mean that's you're you're not wrong um but i don't think i don't know if that's the best way to do it i mean if it's if it's gonna if it's gonna play out like the cartoon then like throw some kree in there and let's really mix match this stuff up let's go crazy and then one of the mates and becomes Krull. And then it's just the movie Krull. Uh. Uh, James Rosile from Rebel Scum Podcast thinks uh, Yelena is a Skrull, but he refuses to call her Yelena and he will only call her Yolanda. So. Mm. <laughs> Yolanda. Um, it's funny. I actually knew someone named Yelena and I also knew someone named Yelena. <laughs> But it's just the way people pronounce names in different cultures. Um, Bless you. Yeah. Hmm? Bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, so like, I don't know how this problem is going to be solved in 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 a tame way. I, I just feel like I what I loved in the Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes approach was the Avengers land on the planet and Miss Marvel's in the middle of it all. And um, there are... Uh, there are two teams of Avengers and one of them says, you're the scroll. And then the other one's like, Oh, you're the scroll. And one of them gets knocked out and then turns into the scroll. Miss Marvel has like a total identity crisis with like, who's who. And just her trust has been so betrayed that they all just get into this like superhuman brawl. Um, and yeah, that's, that's what I'm hoping for. I want to see, like, I want to see that like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to see spies outsmart scrolls, and then that's that's the victory. Is like, no, I need to see some sort of this. This needs to be the stepping stone to like the Marvels, or like this something big needs to happen here to connect this to something else. That's why I was saying like how baffling it is that they chose this show if they were going to go the more TV less expensive, less super powery route than the comic did. Uh, so it's, it's really, it's a really odd 
show to go with. And I'm just, I'm just like, okay, I'm along for the ride. Whatever happens, happens, I guess. Yeah. Um, it didn't originally, if I'm not mistaken, Black Widow was supposed to be before Spider-Man Far From Home or something like that. Was she? Um, she definitely was supposed to be somewhere that she didn't end up being. Yeah, because but what I'm saying is, is because like the timing of the episode it was supposed to be like even. I think even Hawkeye was the same thing. Yeah, because a lot of them got switched around. Yeah, but I'm curious is like because like is Secret Invasion properly timed for whatever's coming next, or or is it just sprinkled in here just for kicks? Mm. Well, it is the best thing to possibly like, could lead into the Marvels, right? So I feel like it is. Um, remember the Marvels, we would have been watching it like in a week, I think. That's true. So it got delayed uh, for a reason that they didn't really talk to us about. So I feel like that's as good a reason as any is to make sure the end of this dovetails nicely into the beginning of that. Mm-hmm. Which, which, Clearly, uh, again, if you play it by the trailer, Fury's back at Saber, so he he clearly goes back at the end at the end of this. True. But never trust those trailers. Remember, they yeah. told us Hulk was going to be in the Battle of Wakanda. Who knows? I don't know how you fake that one though. <laughs> I mean, that's not Fury waiting for them. It's Michael Caine as a scroll. <laughs> There's there's at least two to three scenes where Fury's with uh where Fury's with uh oh my god, why am I forgetting her name? Spectrum? Spectrum? Mm -hmm. And so so that would tell me that clearly he was in the Saber Space Station, and then you also see Miss Marvel in the Saber Space Station. Uh, and her being oh my god. Oh man, if you start putting pieces together, it kind of is interesting. Because I'm pretty sure there's a scene in the space station that Fury was just in, in the trailer. And that later on, that scene has Kree. I think you're right. And I mean, it's uh, hard because you're going off of a tunnel, but the cat's there. So if the cat's there, then that means it's the Saber Space Station. And if yes. that's the Saber Space Station, Nick Fury is on the Saber Space Station. And then the Kree are in that hallway where they get attacked by the cat. And right. Marvel's there as well, being all screaming and stuff. So if you put the people all screaming and stuff. Yeah. Um, and didn't uh, didn't Spectrum get approached by Skrulls at the end of WandaVision? And they were like, hey, we need your help or something yes. like that. Yes. Yes, they did. So... She could be bopping around on this secret invasion show for all we know, just waiting on the wings to come out and do something. Yeah. We're on to something here. All right. We can really? sniff you out, Feige. We know what's happening. This is this is that Feige radar thing where he's just yeah. like, oh, yeah, clearly the answers are right in front of you. And we're all like, <laughs> where? Can you tell me? Like, can you just show me? Because, like... Can you please explain to me where you think all these pieces of the puzzle are? Ah, uh, that's the beauty of hindsight. Is it's gonna give it. We're gonna look back on this. We're gonna be like, oh my god, I can't believe we didn't realize that the kingpin was in charge of the Avengers the whole time. <laughs> it was right there in black and white. 
I don't know, man. The trailer, the trailer now, I feel I, I need to watch it now because I have a feeling it's going to play out where I'm thinking scrolls are going to come as they either they're either going to resolve like not finish, but they're going to fix they're going to fix up the scroll problem, but not finish it. It's just going to push the force back a bit. Right. They're going to retreat a little bit. But then the Kree are going to come right after because and then ignite the Kree scroll war. Um, I don't know. I feel like I need to watch that trailer again just to see how these trailers shaping up against it might it might be nothing right now. But if my theory is correct, that space station, Saber space station that Fury is on, I'm pretty sure the Kree invade. Hey, I mean, that makes sense. And it's not like we've heard any word about a villain in this movie. So the villain being some Kree and some scrolls might make sense. So far, the villain is what they call rebel scrolls. Um, but there's there's way more to this. There's there's way more to this, especially. And okay, so again, this is this is me just going crazy off the the. I, I honestly didn't think I'd have this much content for this episode because it's just like pure. Uh, again, pure setting up the table. But like, now I'm starting to think of now I'm starting to pick up a pattern. But I could I could just go off the rails on this pattern and just like putting pieces together here. But um, where was I going with this? Uh, give me a second. Give me a second. I don't want to lose it. Um, Yolanda? No, no, Yolanda. <laughs> no, oh man, I'm losing it. Um, something about the scrolls and the Cree showing up in the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh man, no, I totally lost it. But. But again, I, I there's there's connections starting to form here is where I was getting at. There's connect mm -hmm. if I remember what I was trying to say, then then we'll go there. But um but yeah, like the the Cree scroll war I think is gonna happen. And uh yeah, I can't remember, but it's gonna happen. Has it not already happened in the MCU's timeline? Technically, yes, if you count Captain Marvel, if you look at that movie, yes, the Kree and Skrulls, well, the Kree attacked planet Earth, and then Marvel, Captain Marvel uh, propelled them off, or fought them off, and then the Skrulls were like, hey, let's go find a home, yay, and there was that. Man, I was really going somewhere with that, and I'm trying to figure out what. Oh, it's going to drive me crazy tonight. Oh, my oh, God. No. I'm going to totally remember this, like tomorrow in the ran most random time i hope you sit up in bed at like 3 a.m and you're like the spectrum is the key to everything and isabella's like okay hon. Oh, man. it's gonna kill me i oh, dude no. i'm not lying to you i was really connecting something and i, I oh no it is anyway but my point is is that the the pieces are falling in place and i was talking about how feige again like the answers are right in front of you, but like they're not at the same time. That's what's really annoying. So when this episode finishes off, uh, we lose, at least it looks like it's pretty safe to say we lose Gaia. She mm -hmm. got killed. Um, well, she does do the death thing and then transforms back into scroll form, which I assume she, which is again, like, why are they, 
They're getting all these amazing a- a- like actors and actresses and just killing them all. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. All the humans that the scrolls impersonate are locked up in that room with the stuff fizzing through their heads. Yeah. So whoever Amelia Clark is, she's in there. Right? Because Gaia had to find that human that Amelia Clark is, whoever that is, and impersonate her. So she's in that room somewhere being all beautiful and just waiting for Andrew to call her and take her out for a steak dinner. And in the meantime, she's just got to wake up and be like, hey, what's up? It's me. I'm Abigail Brand or whoever the hell I'm going to be. Right? If that's true, that's going to be a good reveal. That will be because everyone was expecting her to be Abigail Brand, which is a big character for Sword yeah. in the comics. In fact, she's she is a big key to the mutants uh, and, and mutations and stuff because she is one. She's a mutant herself. Um, and Fury is also currently minus one badass military woman who helps him out as his partner in crime. So wow there you go there's you using that that speculation right there that you know conspiracy tactics uh-huh. what i like to hear that would be really cool if that's the case because you don't cast someone like amelia clark and i like i don't know man i i just feel like they couldn't if if it's true and she's only playing this scrawl character and that's it i i'm kind of like eh you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like, come on. Like, you could have used her for so many other things. There are so many other characters she could have been well-casted for. But if you're right, then that is brilliant. That That's the Marvel I know and love and 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 want to see more of. Is like, you bring her in for one character and, and you pull... You, you It's a DC move, but you pull it anyway, which is like, hey, that's not, that's not Rachel Ghoul. And then it's like, oh, I see what you did there. Oh, no, there, there's no way they'd waste Amelia Clark on three episodes. She's too awesome. She's too awesome, and especially after losing Maria Hill. Like, I, and you're right. There's, there's kind of a formula here with Nick Fury. Is like he needs a badass, you know, you know, female co-lead here, and uh, he doesn't have one right now, except for actually, except for that uh, Fallsworth. Who's just a fun character to watch. She's amazing. I hope she gets her own show. But like, but like he's missing a Maria, a Maria Hill type character. And Abigail Brand is is quite literally the saber version of Maria Hill. So that would be, oh man, dude. I think you just dropped a huge like mic moment here. Like that's pretty brilliant if that's true. And that means we might get some Amelia Clark action in the Marvels. Uh, because she would fit in that world. Yep. So maybe she'll even dye her hair green. I don't know. Maybe that's asking too much. But that's that's a really good theory. Like I'm I'm actually really impressed. Like that's, that's really smart. I'm I'm sure I could not be the first person who thought of it. There's got to be plenty of people who connected those dots too. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a quick quick gander right now, but um, I I doubt it. I doubt anyone. Uh, hold on. Let's see. Amelia Clark. Because as soon as she died, I was like, I was bummed out. I'm like, oh man. And then I remembered that scene like just before where she was sneaking through the room with all the humans who were captive, right? I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. So she's in there somewhere because everybody else has to be. Yeah. 
Including whoever Gravik, whoever space that is, that guy he took. Okay, so hold on. This is an interesting article that I'm going to quickly read from comicbook.com, which is a pretty good source. Okay. Uh, they said, uh, spoilers for the third episode. Uh, the latest episode, Invasion, puts Gaia's allegiances both to her father and to uh, the band of Skull Freedom Fighters, run by Gravik, uh, to the test, accumulating in a near-fatal attack to the United Nations. By the end of the episode, Gravik confirmed that he knew Gaia would double-cross him and shot her. While Marvel's own marketing for Secret Invasion seems to hint that Gaia will survive the ordeal in some matter, the episode raises another question. Who's the human identity, as Gaia has been assuming thus far in the series? When trying to stop the UN strike, Gaia goes to the Skrull warehouse filled with humans whose identities have been taken over in order to find a secret password who can stop the attack. We see a number of humans in stasis that conveniently doesn't include that doesn't include the woman who Gaia is posing as. This could very well hint the woman's true identity is the significance within the MCU, maybe even delivering on the long-running fan theories that Clark will be playing Abigail Brand. Mm. Okay. See? There we go. So you're not the only one to draw that conclusion, but I'd say that you you actually are on like a really... I, I you may not be the only one, but still I give you points for being original because like that was yeah, that would be really cool. I that's gonna make me like literally jump out of my seat and and scream like nerd joy. Like that's so cool, so cool. And Abigail Brand's like a big like a lot of fans love that character. Like, yeah, love she's that character. And she and it's a perfect. I don't want to say she's like a B level character, but it's a perfect. Um, unknown marvel character who hasn't quite hit the mainstream as much that could really like propel her to, to get to that level and it'd be right. perfect uh it'd be so perfect man that's good oh my god <laughs> we'll I'm see what happens a, i'm having a moment here like oh my god i really wish i remember what i was talking about with um oh man with uh with where i was going i really wish i knew um, but yeah, anyway, so that's huge and would be awesome. Um, I think I think Abigail Brand also could really liven up the Captain Marvel, what I will call Captain Marvel's little universe of characters because she's she's a pretty badass character and it would be kind of fun to kind of give her that kind of transfer the badassness over back to Captain Marvel so they will be badasses together. Uh -huh. I don't know much about what Brand's personality is like i just hope that well you saw her you saw her in avengers earth's mightiest heroes right right in earth's mightiest heroes she had that like i don't know what they're gonna go for in in the mcu but as long as it's different enough that she doesn't feel like maria hill 2.0 yes no yeah she sees she needs to have her own originality to that approach for sure she can't mm -hmm. just be a a 2.0 because uh, yeah, I agree with you. It'd just be too dry, um, and it, it wouldn't it wouldn't give Amelia Clark the the umph she deserves. Especially when you look at, I mean, despite the ending of Game of Thrones, but like if you look at her journey as as her character, is it was amazing. She was yeah. fantastic. Um, I, but yeah, like it, she's also that perfect kind of casting where she's kind of on the peak of her fame, like about to explode into like super fandom, and. Um, 
And so I think that it's perfect for her to be cast as a character like Abigail, Abigail Brand and, and really give her that oomph. I'll be actually kind of disappointed if it doesn't happen now. I'm, I'm really <laughs> sold on this. Like, I'm sorry, dude. I can't, I can't stress it enough. Like, oh my God. Marvel's going to get an angry letter from you if it doesn't happen. Yeah, well, to whom it may concern. Uh, I sent one to Nintendo a long time ago, so it's not within my ability to not do that. What was it about? <laughs> I was I was a kid when I wrote it. Um, I wrote a letter to Nintendo a long, long time ago, and it was about Star Fox. Uh-huh. And it was between Star Fox, uh, it was between Star Fox One and Star Fox sixty four. And I wrote a letter saying is that you should have giant robots. And I was like, that's what you need to do to really up the game in Star Fox. And what do they do in the first battle? You fight a giant robot. In Star Fox 64? Yeah. Oh, my God. But they said they said in the letter that uh, we can't look at your ideas because, you know, like, for obviously legal reasons that you can't sue us if we ever come out with a similar idea, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but we thank you for your, uh, your, your letter and that you're a fan, and we love that you're a fan. I have that letter somewhere. I should find it, but yeah, I remember. I remember the last time I had it was at my parents' house. But yeah, it's 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 there. It happened. That's I'll definitely kinda... ask Kevin Feige. I'll send him a letter. Yeah, send him one. I, like that that whole thing though. Like that, it doesn't make sense to me because how do they know you sent them an idea unless they read the letter and read the idea? Well, again, I sent the letter, and uh-huh. then obviously I start talking about what my idea is, and they could they could easily stop reading there. I mean, unless you say the following sentence is an idea, right? Unless you really set up the track, they don't know where the train's going, right? They're going to be like, oh, this kid is cool. You know, he's, he loves Starbucks, blah, blah, blah. You should have giant robots. Oh, crap. We read his idea. What do we do? Right? Like, I feel like there's some hanky-panky going on there. <laughs> Miyamoto probably walked into the boardroom the next day and he said, everyone, I have had an idea and it came from my brain. Giant robots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Giant robots. Yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, it was, it was, I'm pretty sure it was, it was between Star Fox and Star Fox 64. And yeah, they came out with a giant walking robot in the first episode, in the first wow. level. And you shoot its legs and it falls over. <laughs> oh, good times. Oh, what's going on with my camera today? Um, but yeah, okay. So anyways, that's a huge nugget that I think we need to leave today's episode on because that's i think you did it man you you took the flaggy <laughs> formula and you did it you took you went there here's hoping here's hoping we get a brand new brand at some point and she pops Ooh. out with her green hair i hope she's like a james bond kind of thing and she's like hello darling yeah i've got a gun she would also introduce mutants which would bring more attention yes. to the mutant theme which would be fantastic Yes, and then all we need is to get her in Marvel United, and all will be right with the world. No, no, exactly right. Like, oh my god, like we. But that's the thing, though, is I think what's happening in a slower pace is like the space cosmic world and the and Earth are starting to close, like come closer together. Um, and I think Mar Captain Marvel was obviously the kickoff of that, um, but. But now it's it's really coming together really nicely. So it's like, what are the next steps to going that level, right? And and the other thing too is is that guy. I think it was. Do we know for sure at the end 
of WandaVision that Spectrum was talking to Gaia? I don't know if it was Gaia. I just know it was a scrawl in the movie theater, right? She Yeah, they she said it was the, the daughter. Theater. They said it was the daughter though, which is Gaia. Gaia's the Gaia is the daughter of Talos. Right. So if that's then that would confirm that Gaia was that character. Hmm. So she's taken many faces. Well, it still plays to the theory that she is Abigail Brand. Um, because because Fury, Fury's all about the decoys, right? Right. Like he's all about, um, he's all about being all cloak and daggery uh, and fake deaths. He's all about fake deaths. That's the theme with Fury. <coughs> um, that's the theme with Fury. So, yeah, if that's the theme of the story, and Guy is dead. Uh, which would suck for Taylor, which would increase the conflict between Talos and Gravik. Ooh, yeah. But Talos is going to be pissed. Talos is going to be pissed. But what if Abigail Brand is alive, but she's not captured by the scroll? She's been on Saber the whole time. Huh. And Guy has been the one on Earth playing as her. Right. That could totally happen too. She could be up there, could be up there running things. We don't know either, where she is. Yeah, either way, you're brilliant. <laughs> I, you're just, you're just being the person I know that you are. Um, and yeah, I'm super excited. If this is true. I'm, I'm. This has now made me love Secret Invasion. If this is Yay! true, like, I, I am so excited. Oh my god, you have no idea. Like, this is. This has got me super stoked. I hope I didn't set us up for disappointment. I mean, <laughs> it's also very likely that my character is no one. Yeah, like why would you like Ben? Why would you waste that kind of casting? Like why? Uh, well. I also know that the the political side of it, the political side of it is that Abigail Brand is a product of Josh Whedon, which Josh Whedon in the world of Hollywood is not exactly loved right now he invented her uh yeah i think so i think yeah because he introduced he introduced sword he introduced the story of sword and they didn't call it sword they called saber so clearly they're trying to dodge bullets there but they called it sword in wandavision they used sword as a thing oh they did yeah then what Hmm. what so we have a sword maybe marvel Owns the movie rights. The well, no. gets the comic rights or something. Oh my god! So a saber. Saber is a ship. Possibly, I don't know. I thought saber was made up for the show because I had never heard it until Secret Invasion. Um, I I am assuming now that saber and sword are possibly two different things. No, you're right though. You're right though. In WandaVision, they called it Sword. Mm-hmm. And then Fury was on a ship called Saber. Hmm. The gears are turning. They're like oh my God. It this show is either remarkably brilliant, and there's gonna be a lot of big payoffs, or this they just use a clever name. 
could be both. Hmm. I hope somebody starts a new company called Scimitar. It's, <laughs> it's just like Sword, but everything is slightly curved. Right? <laughs> Other tables have a little bit of a curve to the end of it. Well, we know that uh, Kang's ship is called Damocles, and it Ooh. looks like a giant sword. Yeah. So we need to see more Kang, by the way. There's got to be a Kang in every show and movie from now on until Secret Wars, because that dude is well, everywhere. We got to wait for Jonathan Majors to sort out his social dilemma right now. Yeah, that's got to that's on the waiting list. Apparently, he's been found not guilty, which is nice. I don't, I don't know. There's no, there's it's such a mess. So, so the last I know about the news, and I, I don't want to get into it because, like, again, it's, it is what it is. Um, but the last I heard is that there is there's proof that that shows that he is not guilty. Like it's irrefutable proof. It's it's pretty clear that he's not involved in what happened. So good, which is good. Um, mm -hmm. If that's the case, uh, also we'll have some repercussions for certain communities, but. Mm -hmm. um, but also still bad because it means there's people out there throwing around fake uh, accusations, right? So it's like which is exactly what I mean by yeah. what I just said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's awful. It's it's good that he's innocent. It's bad that you know, for people who are truly victims of these kind of things, it's uh -huh. not big. Um, yeah, but uh, but yeah, I, I agree with you more, Kang, because again, I I think that character works. The character's got great foundation. Um, I mean, I know Ant-Man 3 wasn't a well-received uh, movie, but I still think Kang really shined out of that. So I want more Kang. I want to see some more Kang. Bring back the Conqueror, man. I mean, mm -hmm. I like the other ones. Don't get me wrong. I like, uh, you know, uh, Rambutut and all that stuff. Uh, but uh, but I, want, I want Conqueror back. I want the Conqueror. That's why they call him the Conqueror. He conquers. I can't wait to see what they do with Rambutut and Immortus, though. Like... Those guys, I can't wait to see how they use them. I know, oh. but I, again, like, I'm a little disappointed in Marvel that they, like, or at least currently that, that Kang's essentially done, like, the Conqueror. And it's a shame because they, that was the best, one of the best comic book costume, like, adaptation look and feel of the character that we've seen in a while. And, yeah, they, they again... Like, why do you, why do you, I don't want to get, okay, I don't want this episode to ramble on as long as it needs, or uh, longer than it needs to, but, uh, but why do they, why does Marvel feel this, like, this, like, need to, like, destroy their villains? Like, there's a way to defeat them without truly defeating them, and it's just how you do it that can make it feel like they've been, like, defeated. Um <laughs> You know, a good example of this is um, Loki. Loki's a great example of how you can defeat him without defeating him, um, right. which is really fun. It is really fun to watch. But Kang, like, I don't know, man. That ending doesn't leave a lot to the imagination of how he survived that. Like, No, well, th thankfully with Kang, you have the advantage of, like, you could have other conquer like other, you know, there's so many Kangs. He, uh, there's true. He could have another. You could have easily another Kang just like that. But that goes back to my original problem in the last episode. The multiverse doesn't like you can't just multiverse it and like correct your mistakes. No, do that, that with Kang. Bad that's writing, Kang. my friend. It is. Yeah, that, that is a Kang thing. So I'll allow it. But just like, don't start doing that with everybody. Yeah, I'm just happy that Kingpin has survived as long as he survived. Just keep that boy alive. Yeah. At, keep that, uh, at the keep end that of time, 
it's like the nuke goes off, it's the cockroaches, and Kingpin is still there somehow. That that's all I ask. Well, like <laughs> that's the thing, right? It's like, oh well, that's not that's not this universe's Kingpin. Like if I keep seeing that, if I see that pattern, I'm gonna be really upset. Right. Just yeah, like here's hoping. Here's Ryan, hoping. where can the people find you when you're not being a scroll? Well, currently right now you can find me on youtube.com forward slash expert zone as that is my that's my bread and butter right now. So please go on there, give a like, say hello in the comments on my videos. That would be greatly appreciated. Uh, you'll know it's me in the videos because I'm usually on the thumbnail being me. Um, and that's where you can find me right now. And you can find me making poached eggs with Nick Fury and frying up some tomatoes and vegetables because damn, that looks delicious. And I'm doing that on Facebook, uh, not Facebook, well, yeah, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, those two, uh, at Andrew underscore Fantasia, and uh, on YouTube, on the Andrew Fantasia channel, on the Digital Charcuterie channel, and on the Rebel Scum podcast channel as well. And also my books are on Amazon. Where are you? Come over here. Yeah, Come over here, books. books. Yeah, We Were Wizards. That's the name of my book right here. If you're only listening and you're not watching the video podcast, it's a fantasy novel called We Were Wizards, and you can find them on Amazon. Right now, there's two of them out because it's part of a series, but the purple one is book one. That's the first one. So get that first. Or you just get them all and then read them as you go. Yes, you can do that too. And buy several copies for your loved ones and everybody else that you know and love and, and, and all will be right mm -hmm. with the world. There are no scrolls in the books, but one of the characters does have a boomerang, Ryan. So there you go. There you go. All right, folks, that'll do it today for Infinity Rewatch. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, please have a marvelous day.